Good afternoon and welcome back to Chapel Shorts. This is your host, Mr. Admire. It's great to be with you again today. Well, today we looked at Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. We're continuing right on again through the book of Colossians. And so let me begin by reading the verses today and then we'll walk through the points of the message. Verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In these verses we see three commands. Three commands that all go alongside of an admonition to be thankful. And before we jumped into the points themselves, I did speak briefly about this idea of thankfulness. And there is no greater thing that we could be thankful for than the gift of our salvation. Many people, when they're asked, are you thankful, will start running through the various temporal blessings in their lives or the circumstances they're living through. And some people might think they don't have much to be thankful for based on difficult circumstances they're living in. But the believer can always give a resounding yes to that question because we know we've been given a gift that far outweighs any momentary trial we will face on this earth. That there is an eternal weight of glory, an eternal hope, life found in Christ, forgiveness because of the death of Christ, hope of life because of the resurrection of Christ, and there is always reason for the Christian to be thankful because what has what God has done on his or her behalf. I asked the students in chapel what the opposite of thankfulness was, and the, the answers all went around the idea of disappointment or grumbling, and really what's at the heart of those things is entitlement. We're disappointed because we don't think we've received what we should have received. Or we think so highly of ourselves that we deserve better than what we got. So at the heart of ungratefulness or unthankfulness really is pride. So I told the students if their lives, if they say, I don't have anything to be thankful about, the call to them is really to repent of their pride and to remember what it is they deserve from God. Because of our sin against God, we deserve God's wrath. And the fact that we can live and breathe and talk all these things are graces from God that we ought to be thankful for. And God is so gracious, He gives us much more than just breath and mere existence, but often gives us wonderful things to enjoy in our lives, like family and, and friends and a church and a home and all these things that are well beyond what we deserve. And then, when you bring in the gospel that God has given us His own Son, there is a depth of thankfulness that believers know and recognize that far outweighs any of these circumstantial things that we may or may not be thankful for in our lives. So thanklessness is a grievous sin because at its heart is self-exaltation. Now that doesn't mean everything that comes in our life is something we enjoy. It doesn't mean there aren't hard and heartbreaking things we will live through. And that's why this is so important because when circumstances aren't going well, Will we be sinfully unthankful to God because we think we deserve something better? Well, in light of that, there are three commands that go alongside this idea of thankfulness. The first command, and our first point, was the command to corporate peace. So as we're thankful, 
As verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. So this peace of Christ that's being mentioned here is really the peace that exists within the body of Christ. And so as thankful believers and as humble believers, realizing that we've received much more than we deserve, we ought to be able to be at peace with one another, to not self-exalt ourselves over others whenever Christ humbled himself for our good. So that the peace of Christ should rule our hearts within the corporate setting. Well, the second thing we see in the text is that there is a command for corporate preaching. Verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So the command here is to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, and then we see expressions of that dwelling. So when the word of Christ is within us and dwells within us in this corporate body, then it ought to come out of us. We ought to teach, and that's, that's explaining what the truth is, and then admonish, which is calling for the application and the lived-out reality of that truth for one another's lives. So believers are to be engaged in this. And then the, the next phrase deals with corporate worship, where we come together and sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And this has been on our heart as administrators for chapel that our students would sing loudly and with joy. And the reason why is because we hope that they understand that when they sing, they're declaring the truth of God's word to one another and for one another. I really challenge those who claim to know Christ and believe in Christ and trust in Christ to use the worship time in chapel to be times where they can declare God's word as an encouragement to me and the faculty and their fellow students and to be a part of preaching God's word through participation in the corporate body. Now I did mention we all have various gifts and and various skills but what needs to be in our heart in that corporate gathering is how can I be an encouragement and participate in the declaring of God's truth to one another in this moment. We did sing before I got up to preach, and so I asked the students if they recognized they were preaching truth to me through their singing. And then I asked them, how, how did their sermon go? Did it go well, or did it go poorly? How engaged were they in their proclamation through song? Well, then the last command was a command of universal praise. Verse 17, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So here we have this broad universal statement that whatever you do, we do it all for God's glory, under Christ's authority, for his purposes, and clothed in his righteousness. We do everything for him. All of life is either done in Christ or apart from Christ. It's either for Christ or against Christ. There isn't a middle ground. And that includes everything from basketball to book reports. It's either for him or against him. And it closes again with this admonition, giving thanks to God the Father through him, through Christ. So I just closed asking the students, are you thankful for what God has done for you? And are you grateful for God's love for you? And if you're not, have you realized what he's done for you in Christ? And do you see his love for you in Christ? And will you trust in Christ? Because the other option is to trust in temporary circumstances and things that will not satisfy, or you could come to Christ and know life. And for those students that do say yes, they are thankful for the gospel, they believe in Christ, I ask them, 
is that showing up in their life, how they treat others and how they sing in corporate worship and how they live their lives and how they and how they live at home and how they live in the class and how they live with their friends. Does this thankfulness show up? Is it visible in their lives? And if not, if not, I ask would they repent of that and then rejoice in Christ all the more. So that was our chapel message today. I do think it would be great for you to talk to your children about thankfulness. Why is it they can be thankful? Can they be thankful in any circumstance? And are they thankful? Um, and, And how do they think that thankfulness shows up? And as a parent, I'm confident you already know areas of life. Uh, where this message can hopefully be applied and and maybe circumstances that can be brought up uh, where your kids can be reminded of why they can be thankful because of God's love for them. Well, that's all I have today for Chapel Shorts. I hope this was an encouragement to you, and I look forward to speaking with you again next week.